Hi, I'm Peter Cox, and you're listening to Defining Boundaries. Welcome back to Season 2. I hope you've enjoyed the past year of conversations from some amazing people from around the world within our geospatial community. This year, I look forward to many more conversations, and I hope that you join me on my journey, surveying the world one story at a time. Head over to my Patreon site if you would like to support the show. You can make a donation towards the purchase and upgrading of equipment, website subscriptions, and file hosting. If you would like to join me to have a chat or you have a particular person from our industry that you would like to hear about, please send me a message. You'll find the link in the show notes and in my bio on all social media sites. So if you're ready, let's go. Grab your drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox. My guest today is Claire Buxton. Born in the beautiful but stinky town of Rotorua, New Zealand, and growing up in Invercargill, one of the most southern towns of the South Island, Claire is now a party chief and project manager for Underhill Geomatics in Canada, Canada's British Columbia. She began her career in Westport, New Zealand, and has been in the industry for nine years this November. A tomboy at heart, Claire toyed with the idea of being a builder, a farmer, or more seriously, joining the Air Force. She was a finalist in the New Zealand Spatial Excellence Awards 2018 for Women's Leadership and won the Young Professional and People's Choice Award and also the Survey and Spatial New Zealand Bogle. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> Bogle. <laughs> Bogle. <laughs> and also Survey and Spatial New Zealand Bogle Young Surveyors 2016. She is part of the Volunteer Community Community Surveyor Program, which is run by FIG Young Surveyors Network, where they are working to connect young surveyors to volunteer their time and skills to humanitarian causes such as land rights and environmental impacts. In her spare time, Claire enjoys being outdoors, in the fresh air and in any green space. Her favourite place being forests where she spends a lot of time hiking. She loves meeting new people and locals in her new town and learning about different cultures. She also has a talent and some skills on the piano, which she says she is trying to exercise, but also failing at. Phew, what an intro. Welcome, Claire. Thanks for joining me today. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. I've forgotten what I'd wrote in that. So. <laughs> Most people do. <laughs> still hasn't been practicing my piano skills, but oh. still plan to. <laughs> oh, there's always time, isn't there? Yeah. Mm. So you're my second New Zealander oh. that I've interviewed. Second female New Zealander, I should say, as well. Also. Nice. Yes. Represent yes. Aotearoa. Cool. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Who was um, the other surveyor? Uh, that was Belinda Willis. Ah, Belinda. Mm. Of course, mm. I know Belinda. Yeah. New Zealand's a small country, but yeah, yeah. she's a good role model. Yeah, yeah, she was great to talk to. It was, uh, you should listen to that one. It was a great interview. I um, loved it. Yeah. Anyway, so New Zealander, what was it like growing up on the South Island? Um, well, in Invercargill in particular, mm-hmm. uh, it's quite a, a small town to many, 
but a city on its own right in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, semi-rural, like I had cousins and family with farms, but I grew up in the city itself. Okay. Um, yeah, grew up in going to Catholic schools, um, had a community in the Catholic church, and then, uh, yeah, I guess, what else growing up there? I left at uh, 17, so it's a while ago. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think it's a good, it was a great place to grow up and like um, find ways to make fun for yourself. You know? Yeah. And yeah. never say you're, you're bored because yeah. um, your mum will tell you to get outside and play. So <laughs> yeah, I guess as a youngin, that's what it was like. Mm. What, um, so you left at 17, was that to go to university? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. So I went to, um, I was a a year ahead I guess um just because of when I was born so mm-hmm. I went to uni at 17 and had to do a week was a underager oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure that didn't stop you too much <laughs> no of course of course I obeyed the rules <laughs> um and yeah so I studied I went into the um oh, I can't remember what it's called like the intermediate year of, of surveying where you try uh-huh. to get into survey school. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. And is that um, Ontario University? Uh, is that what it is? What oh, Otago. Otago, Otago sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, that's the only one Ontario's, that does surveying, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. the degrees offered at Otago University, mm-hmm. and then there's, I think, two or three programs in Polytechs in New Zealand. Um, but yeah, I, I went to. I went to an open day at Otago Uni after doing some careers, career advising um, mm-hmm. back in Invercargill. And, yeah, he suggested I look at surveying. And I went there and John Hanna, the dean at the time, um, showed us all the cool GPS units up on the roof. And he actually said, uh, you know, surveying is really struggling to attract women. Yeah, uh, We don't have a lot of women. And I actually saw it as a challenge. And uh. That was one of the reasons I did it. Mm-hmm. I don't really know why. I think um, some people joke that they're like, oh, you know, more boys. But I definitely wasn't that. Um, more just, you know, the, the challenge that, you know, it's under um, underrepresented um, gender and I'm one of them so I can help. So, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. So do you think that, you know, you sort of, played on the you know the building and all that kind of stuff that uh and being outside and that kind of drew you to it is that how it sort of came about with you know what you did back at school and how they sort of suggested that kind of um to be honest my my advisor was actually a paid careers advisor my mum took me to Ah, so I was a school advisor Mm -hmm. um this was after the air force attempt uh I yeah I guess he he looked at what my interests were and and my strengths and I found maths was a interest and I liked maths but I wasn't strong in it yeah but I was strong in English and then especially the outdoors like you know dad brought me up going tramping in Stewart Island and Mm. um tramping all around New Zealand so I was a big fan of the outdoors so your classic maths and outdoors were the with a draw card as well yeah yeah I I didn't mind maths I was just always had to work hard at it to 
to just Same. sit at that level. It's like, oh, yeah. you've got to love mass and all this sort of stuff. It's like, well, you don't have to love mass. You just have to understand that there's a process to it. And once yeah. you know that process, you're all good. <laughs> I know. That's something I, I think I actually have a theory about this, which maybe is a bit deep. We can go into it later. But in terms of the maths, liking maths, it's because there is a final solution that I like it. Yeah, okay. Whereas with English, you know, and sort of the more soft topics, you have any which way you can go. Yeah. But with maths, you have, you have a final answer that's the generally final. correct. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Okay, so you've had a bit of a career in New Zealand. Tell me that how you've ended up where you are now because you're in Canada. Yeah. So that's a, a, a bit of a move <laughs> uh, going from New Zealand to Canada for, well, work purposes I'm presuming, but let's get there. Mm-hmm. Let's see how you get there. So you did your university. What was that, three or four years? Uh, technically five. Um, five okay. I, I didn't get it in first year, so I had to reset uh-huh. maths, funnily enough, and um, <laughs> true planning. I know, but I did not fail. It was just a really competitive year. So yeah, but okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was one one of those life things that made me stronger. Made yeah. Me exist, so. Was um, just before we go into that question, was you were saying that you know they were talking about getting more females in. So did you end up with a few females in your year going through or not? Well, I think we had about 10%. We had um, by final year, we had five out mm. of the 60. And yeah, okay. um, one of them ended up doing finance, so she didn't end up working in surveying. Um, and then when I was in final year, I was a residential assistant at a hall of residence and mm-hmm. at the surveyors in my in my corridor um, and I think at that time there was only two or three actually applying to survey school um, yeah, two okay. or three girls so yeah I don't know what the numbers are now but um, yeah it'd be mm. interesting yeah it'd be interesting to find out what the numbers are now um, mm. yeah, I know in Australia there is more but it's still yeah we're still very low compared to yeah the male entrance which is bad. we've still got work to do we do yes we do um okay so you finished uni what where'd you go from there so I went to Christchurch um mm-hmm. my final year was the first large earthquake yeah okay. uh, and then um the year after that yeah moved up uh I guess it's not great for me to say, but I had a, I saw an opportunity to work in an environment mm. that you wouldn't get any other anywhere else in New Zealand in particular, but yeah, perhaps worldwide. Um, so yeah, I went there for four four and a half years and worked for a consulting firm um, called Becker, mm-hmm. which is quite a large firm, three thousand uh, total staff. Um, wow! So you know, multidisciplinary. Yeah. Um, had the full shabam with graduate programs and you know Brilliant. consulting development yep. so um really kick-started my my career in terms of making me a whole well-rounded consultant yes. I think yeah yeah did, did they have a big survey section they did so when I started it was relatively small and mm-hmm. I had the stories of it being you know two or three people a year before yeah, right. um we built it up to around 25 
by the time I left, just in Christchurch, mm-hmm. 25 surveyors. And then yep. uh, in Wellington and Auckland, there was maybe a similar amount around yeah, that. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to, to work in the field, but also then see how everything else sort of worked. and Yeah. Learned. Where we fit in in the project life cycle yeah. and yeah. Um, got some project management training and um, client-facing training. Mm. And a lot of a lot of the soft skills stuff, like speaking skills, present, yeah. presenter skills. Um, yeah, they have a good program there that you can get that sort of um, professional side of your career developed as well. It's uh, it's good to see because, and it's sad in a way because I did read somewhere um, not that long ago about talking about people who go into a small company where all they do is they just work, 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 go out in the field and work, 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 and no major career progression, no professional development, none of that sort of stuff, whereas others that do go into a bigger company that have these programs and stuff like that uh, get to see a bigger picture and learn, as I said, the soft skills, the management skills, all all that kind of stuff. And it can make such Mm. a difference to a career when some people sort of think, oh, I'm just a surveyor. And it's like, well, there is more to it than than just the surveying if you want it to be to make a big career out of it. Exactly. I've Mm. had this conversation a lot with various people in the industry Mm. um, about how surveying, surveyors generally undersell ourselves in our, yes. <laughs> in our profession and yeah. if, if we have those skills um, installed in our young surveyors early on then perhaps uh, we'll all start selling our profession as something that's valued mm. and, and should be um, up there with the professions like in law and um, planning and engineering um, where, mm. where it should be so yeah 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 okay yeah. so Going back to, so you did the, was it four years in Christchurch? Yeah. That would have been, that would have been a very interesting time with everything that happened. Um, Yeah. You know, I know Belinda spoke about it going down and helping out for a while and stuff, but um, uh, she only did it for a while because she said it was just such an impact on her thing, how bad it was and all that sort of stuff. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, Yeah. I, I, um, I guess I'm lucky in one way and not in the other that I I didn't have a lot of connection to Christchurch. I had been there a mm. few times growing up yeah, and okay. knew what it used to be and knew yeah. the beauty of it and the heritage. Um, but I know my mum came up to visit once and she grew up there and it really hit her hard how yeah. much it had flattened the city. Yeah. Um, but in terms of a young graduate and um, experiencing technical surveying, like I I got skills around geodetic surveying. I got skills around boundary reinstatement, um, mm. especially during when it wasn't clear on how to reinstate the boundaries for the license yeah. surveyors. Because that was a big thing, wasn't it? How how yes. how was it going to happen? Well, there was a divide between what I might call the pragmatic approach and the rigid approach. So the pragmatic is to you know essentially say that boundaries move with the, the movement of the earthquake, depending yep. on the type of movement, which yep. has ended up being um, the legislated vision. Uh-huh. Or the rigid approaches is when 
you adopt the tidal boundaries dimensions. Um, I mean, that's very general breakdown of what the difference was, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there wasn't a lot of guidance for the licensed surveyors at the time going through this. So there was a lot of risk that licensed surveyors were taking. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a lot of heated branch meetings were had uh, <laughs> that I kind of lapped up the, the politics of it a bit as a young surveyor. Oh, I guess yeah. it was a nice position for me to be in. I wasn't licensed, but I was getting to do the, the technical work underneath licensed surveyors. So mm. um, really understood the, the risks associated with what I do yeah. in the field has to flow through. It does flow through to what's submitted to yeah to, to the cadaster. So you know, there's that responsibility piece mm. for field surveyors. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So where'd you move to after your four and a half years? Uh, moved to Wellington, mm -hmm. the capital, um, with the same company, Becca. They uh, okay. They transferred me. Um, I did a six month stint with uh, Fletcher Consulting in their um kind of earthquake rebuild team delivery team mm -hmm. and then at the end of that I was like right I need to finish my licensing projects um mm -hmm. so yeah Becca came up with an opportunity to work in Wellington and yeah took the move it was a good one nice. yeah. Well. yeah so you moved to Wellington finished off all of your project stuff became licensed yeah yes it did so um that was really a, an engineering plan development project that was the yeah. final thing I needed. Yeah. yeah so How many two, different projects do you have to do over in New Zealand to? Um, uh, five. Five, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you do yeah. your laws exam and then you have, this may have changed, but I haven't been yeah. away that long. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have to do engineering land development project, a planning project or urban design um, spatial, so topographic, and then cadastral, and I'm missing a big one, geodetic. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you mm. can do remote sensing and GIS projects, but I think that you have to add them on. You can't replace. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you would have... Um... You, you would have got a fair bit of that down in Christchurch, yeah, my cadastral projects were all from Christchurch and then um, actually, yeah, all of them topographic survey did a massive, mm. managed a massive road um, topographic survey. Um, Geodetic was from down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cover most yeah. of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was good because you have to have complex projects and just by default working in Christchurch it's complex so yeah but then I kind of became a bit of a pessimist when it came to simple redefinition surveys I'm like oh I don't trust this it's probably <laughs> moved um, so I had to kind of readjust my methods being in a more stable uh, area yeah It'd be a bit different wouldn't it that's for sure yeah. mm. so how long were you in Wellington for uh, I was there for um three years maybe four three years mm -hmm. yeah so I worked um at Becca for another year and then I saw an opportunity to become a senior license surveyor at um, Calibre so I moved to Calibre in 2017 
Uh, I've made sure the survey team um, a lot more involved with um, client facing and land development projects. So yep. yeah, it's a good move. I've done a lot of large infrastructure projects with, with Becca and, and this mm. was a way to kind of get more of that subdivision land development design and project management work. So mm. yeah. Nice. So what made you move to Canada? So I, I've always wanted to do an OE, it's in my bones, as a New Zealander. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't want to do the London thing. I, I thought that that wasn't really my scene. Uh, but also I had a bit of an interest in the similarities and differences between New Zealand colonisation and um, mm-hmm. Canadian. So mm. I did a, um, went back to uni and did an advanced land tenure program um, and focused on BC. So I looked at, you know, um, what are the comparisons? I got very distracted by the um, colonization piece and the history of First Nations and the treaties, but actually I had to focus it in on um, the cadastral land systems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that really sparked my interest in BC in particular, Mm -hmm. British Columbia, where I am. Um, what was that a year it was a part-time paper that I did postgrad and yeah and then um yeah kind of started having conversation with my partner around you know how about North America um and yeah got the ball rolling maybe about six months before we left got a bit Mm. more serious about it Mm. um I guess we chose it as well because um I mean, my partner's really into the North American style of, of living. Um, he's really into his sports and stuff, but also uh, Vancouver itself is really close to the mountains and um, yeah, yeah. beautiful, beautiful scenery. So It is such a beautiful spot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's stunning. And, and tell me, your partner, Tom, yeah, Bayer as well? No. No? Okay. <laughs> My Tom is, um, he was in a spatial background, though, so he gets okay. enough to know what I do, but he, we don't talk too much about surveying at home. Actually, yep. he'd probably say I talk too much about surveying, but <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk too much shop um, in detail. <laughs> yeah. So he's got a spatial sort of background. So um is he still doing that that sort of stuff? Not here. No, he wanted to kind of pivot um, when yeah, he got okay. here. And it, it became a bit of a struggle <clears throat> for both of us, really, to find work. I think I was very um, arrogant coming into it. Just, well, actually, I did get work quite easily, but to get the work I wanted was a bit harder. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so that was a reality check, which is always good to have, I think. Um, yeah, because how long have you been in Canada now? Uh, over two years. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. I was thinking it was a little bit less than that, but, yeah, okay. So, yeah, so we've been... you you went over there without having a job or you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we could quit our jobs. We did what they do on the movies, then we quit our jobs and we moved countries, but we didn't have any anything big to sell or leave so yeah yeah other than yeah, family fair. and friends yeah. yeah okay that's a big move moving somewhere knowing that that's where you're going to be going and <laughs> yeah I guess it is a job um, job. yeah I, that's what I was saying I came in very cocky about it 
But it worked out um, and it turns out that it's very much a who-you-know city, Vancouver. Okay. And the small network that is New Zealand Surveying helped. An, an old colleague of mine from Becca actually got me a job here. So. Right. Okay. Yeah. Have you been, so have you been with the same company the whole time or you started in no. one company and now you're where you are? Or um, Classic millennial moving around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I um, I moved from the first place uh, and the boss of that place recommended me to my current place on the hill. Okay. Yeah, so he um, he recommended me. They weren't very busy with work, so um, and right. I don't like to be not busy. Yes. So I went looking and he helped, which was great. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, so I'm still with Underhill and going strong a year and a half later, so. Yeah, and so there you're a party chief and project manager. Mm-hmm. So what does that sort of entail? So party chief is a new term for me. Um, my friends at home <laughs> very are very American, excited. isn't it? Yeah. Um, the the role is essentially survey lead. So yeah, so the surveyor role, um, meaning that you're in the field. You take projects and you do the work and see it done mm-hmm. and then as a project manager I'm doing your traditional you know um, price work when work do the work mm. um, invoice the work yeah um, manage the client and communications mm-hmm. um, yeah so a bit of both I'm also sort of doing a role around care coordination okay. so um, trying to look at the the way we um, produce plans and the workflows coming into it and out of it mm-hmm. and trying to kind of streamline that so that um, at one time we know what everyone's working on and who's busy and who's not and yeah which is it's a good bit of variety to my role and a bit of a challenge for you <laughs> yeah it has, busy. it has been a little bit <laughs> it's, it's not been too bad like um, yeah there's some tools great tools out there that you can use to do it so mm. it's just getting people to use them um have to remember that not everyone is uh, adapts as fast and not everyone um wants to change as fast so that's been no a good some people don't like change if yeah uh, you know if they've been doing something one way for <laughs> their career that's just how it should be done because that's how they do it yeah yeah don't come Which in is... and tell me to do something differently <laughs> which is against my grain, uh, which I think gets me in trouble sometimes. (laughs) I like change a lot. So um, I think it's good if you can, if you can find a way of, um, you know, making things easier, quicker, better, and still keep quality and, you know, everybody's working on along the same lines. It's, you know, it's not a bad thing. No. Um, I think the biggest thing is being able to, to look at all of the different options and taking everybody's opinions so that you're making a sound yes. decision that everybody feels that they're a part of it and yes yeah I think change as well yeah exactly I've learned a lot about change management and mm-hmm. um kind of yeah there's a lot of theories around it and, and how it takes time and how to kind of make a change and then stop and let it settle for a bit yeah. and then um trying to be patient which is something that I I'm not great at and always try. <laughs> My mum would tell me about time. 
yeah. you want it done so, and you want it done now. <laughs> yeah, 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 very oh. impatient. But, um, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a great opportunity. I'm really glad mm. I'm doing it. It's great for my growth and I, I yeah. hope it's helping. So. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. What sort of um, programs are they using over there? For um, software, like survey mm. software. Mm. So we use a variety. Um, Trimble Business Centre, we, we have mostly Trimble gear. Yeah. There's one or mm-hmm. two Leica lovers. Um, <laughs> and so am I deep down. But um, the, yeah, TBC is used a fair bit. Um, Starnet mm-hmm. for least squeeze adjustments. Yep. Civil CAD, Civil 3D. Um, is it still civil the, cat over there? Has it not gone? Uh, is the, what I, Mag- yes. Magnet? No, what's Magnet? Oh, well, our civil cat, which is the company, like that was the program, is now um, it got bought out by Topcon. Oh. Because it was created, it was our civil cat was created over here by a surveyor and then it was it was developed by Topcon but then Topcon International I think bought it out and converted it to Magnet where it's now all cloud-based and all this sort of stuff and and yeah interesting Magnet with us for a while yeah still the same program you know updated 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 but yeah no, this is the this this is through Autodesk their their suite of ah um, oh, okay programs. yeah um, right. and then they have got a program uh, that they developed themselves um, mm-hmm. called Copan, which is essentially a survey point database, but it does your adjustments, your transformations, um, like a lot of the coding goes through that as well. It's interesting. Yeah, okay. It's pretty impressive that they built that. Mm, um definitely yeah yeah so there's a mix of things mm. uh I'm trying to look at how we can streamline that as well but also retain that sort of existing knowledge so mm. yeah yeah do you, um I'm presuming that out in the field you've all got sort of a code base that you'll use if you're doing certain jobs so that when it comes into the into the office it's all the same mm. yeah 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 although this is the first time I'm using numeric coding which is very new to me oh. I don't know do you use alpha or numeric well depending on at different companies use different ones and yeah I've always been an alpha um yeah. and some of them I haven't seen it in any companies I've worked for um but students that I've had have said, you know, they've showed me their their, their codings and it's all numeric. And I'm like, how? Does it make sense? I know. Does it make sense? It does make sense once you've learned it. Um, and why it exists makes sense. But yeah, I'm still I like an alpha system as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's not yeah, hard it's... to write FCE or T for tree. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The code list. The codeless saga, every company I've worked at, um, especially if there's different offices across across the country or province, um, yeah, there's issues with streamlining the code list yeah. and everyone working from the same one. And 
it gets people really, really passionate, which <laughs> classic survey, survey nerd behavior with, yes. the, with the coding. <laughs> with the, and because they don't like change. <laughs> it's like, you know, you, you say that you're a, a li- deep down, you're a like a girl. Right? Yeah. Because is that, that's what you learned on? No. Well, I guess no? so. Yeah, it's what my first career job that's usually what it comes down to is that you're either a like or a trimble or you know depending on what it is that you've you've grown up on that you know the old guys they just went to the next new machine to the next new machine to the next new machine (laughs) because that was the company that they you know that they started on and not even try anything else and say that's the best (laughs) yeah yeah I think that there's merits in both but yeah, deep down, I have my my red flag flying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I have friends in Trimble, so um, also really love Trimble products. <laughs> mm. I think that I think they're both good in their own in their own ways. Yeah, so, for sure. And you know, I think it's I guess it's the the learning the different ways. Yeah, how they I think operate. it's good for the brain. Good for the brain mm. to try try to do the same task with both mm. types of um user interfaces yeah yeah keeps the brain fresh yeah moldable <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> i struggle with that now though <laughs> <laughs> oh, just throw yourself a, a controller from a, a topcon or something do you use topcon uh yeah so i started Oh, my main career was with a Topcon. So I had an old FC5 data recorder that, you know, you would plug into the data recorder and plug it into the machine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's what I did most of my my career on. Um, Then I went into teaching. So then we sort of had uh, all different types of machines and stuff to just do the basics and stuff on. So the company yeah. that I just that I just left, Cardno, uh, we sort of had a mix of the two, um, Trimble and Leica. So I okay. never got to play with the Leica, uh, but I had to play with the with the Trimble. Um, what did they have? Um, must have been was it? I can't remember what the the controller TSC. was now. TC5 um, or TC7 or thinking was no it wasn't the seven it must have been the five maybe or a three oh gosh I can't even remember <laughs> I didn't get to use it that much so um yeah. might have been a three I think oh yeah yeah that's yeah what we we have uh, all, all three of those now but yeah yeah I think it was the three and I kind mm. of got thrown in the deep end with that one yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so That's we're doing doing a yeah a GPS network control. Set up the instrument. Press this. Do that. Do this. Do that. And then wait until we tell you to change heights. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! Am I pressing the right buttons here? <laughs> uh, and yeah. then two and days now later, I just give it a go. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not. You know, you just got to play with it a little bit, don't you, and work out. The, what's there but yeah two, I did that yeah. for two days and then and then drove down drove six hours away to do a 
a job to pick up some information that was needed uh, on a project that I was managing and had to fumble my way through it to get it all working properly. So it was a problem solving. I love problem solving. So it was all yeah. good. And I got it all. I got all got it all working. And <laughs> you feel so proud. I, I love when you're that like you're you're in a remote place and you've got to sort it out yourself and you get it done yeah. and you're like, yeah, go me. Yeah. Yeah. Well it it I was using the controller and trying to connect it to my phone. To do the GPS to get the to to use VRS yeah. and everything, yeah. and it wouldn't connect to the Apple phone. Yeah. So I've then I've plugged it into my Samsung tablet, put the the SD card into my Samsung tablet, and it would connect, but then it wouldn't use the internet. And I'm just like, in the end, I finally worked out that oh, the controller actually you can put a SIM card in it. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah the exact same thing before once I worked that out it was all good I just you know got in there and connected it all up and work you know went into all the settings and worked it all out and you know about half an hour later we were out on the water and I was doing my surveying I saw that was that did you take a selfie on a boat or a kayak yeah paddleboard I think I saw that yeah oh dream job it was brilliant (laughs) I loved it it was great Yes, lots of problem solving and, yeah, connecting. I used a, a uh, milk crate and had the milk crate strapped to my paddleboard with the, the, the little trolling engine attached and all this sort of stuff yeah. as well. Yeah, it was great. It was just like MacGyvering all this stuff together oh, just to that. get all the, the small bits and pieces that we needed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, um, that's one of the things I love. I think that's when you get the best stories out of surveyors is kind of how, do you, how have you used your ingenuity to get something done? Mm. I think that's where you get like I remember one time when I was on um, the geodetic job in Canterbury um, I, you have to adapt when you're short so yeah. I, I couldn't stay on top of this pillar to like level up the um, <laughs> legs over top of a, over top of a mark so I uh, reversed a the ute up to the pillar yeah um, just enough so I could put the tailgate down and then stand on top of the tailgate and perfect like see properly <laughs> I was so proud of myself because otherwise you know it's an hour or two drive just to get someone tall enough to see on top oh. of this thing so you just in a pretty uh, tall pillar or are you short, short. I don't know what <laughs> I'm not even that short I'm probably average height yeah I've worked with some very much shorter surveyors that I mm. saw. Uh, shorter but more oh. powerful yeah <laughs> Little pocket rockets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> so did you uh, did you think when you were doing your uni um, and when you started working in the surveying industry that you wanted to get into the management side of it? Was that always a goal when you sort of no, started I working? No, I don't think it was. I actually don't know what my goals were when I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> I've only got really good at making goals later on um, in my career. I think my goal initially was to get licensed. Yeah. Um, the main reason being you get to try different types of surveying and then I wanted to pick what I liked. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that actually it's none of them. Um, and <laughs> I, well, it is kind of, it's cadastral, but it's more land tenure and land rights. Um, mm-hmm. So 
then I'd been on a path of trying to educate myself more seriously around around land tenure. Um, in terms of the management piece, I think that's a more recent, uh, maybe like the last few years, I've really yeah. got more serious about it. I've I've been in leadership positions since um, I was head girl in high school and you know, I've done the volunteering things yeah, um, okay. through student associations and things like that. So, yeah, I've always had had the leadership piece in my bones. Yeah. Um, but in terms of management, uh, I, I define management and leadership as different. Mm-hmm. Um, management being much more formal and leadership being no matter what position you're in, you can lead. Yep. Um, yeah, management is something that I'm getting more serious about now that I have had more exposure to um, like governance of um, different groups, uh, mm. being more aware of the lack of women in governance roles um, and on yeah. boards, and yep, uh, and also uh, thinking about my next steps in my career, mm. the next logical steps. How do I how do I want to navigate my path? I guess mm. yeah um, yeah so. It's something I think, like I'm kind of in what you might call like a middle management part of my career. Mm. Um, now I'm looking towards, okay, how do I become, you know, long-term um, in that senior, senior management role, senior executive role, and what skills do I need to get there? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, um, you, you're part of the, the FIG Young Surveyors. Yeah. How long have you been in with that? Smile on um, your face when so, I say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I awesome. have to correct you, but I also don't mind. If, okay. It's FIG. I used to call it FIG2, oh. but I know that if someone from FIG listens to this, there's particular people that would not like it. <laughs> That's why I'm laughing because everyone calls it FIG. Um, everyone does. That's what it smells. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, I am. I'm, I've been a part of it since uh, working week was in Christchurch in 2016. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my good friend, Melissa, she was the chair. Well, she she was on the organising committee for, for that event. And then she became the chair of the Young Surveyors Network. Mm-hmm. So um, the FIG Young Surveyors Network. So kind of been her little minion a year behind <laughs> her, following in her footsteps. Yeah, um, yeah to a point uh and yeah got involved um through her kind of encouragement and mm. yeah being exposed to those um more internationally focused conversations that were being had in Christchurch was what really got my my juices flowing around the mm. land tenure piece mm-hmm. so um I think that's a great place to kind of learn more about how surveying is applied across continents rather than you know so so focused locally um so yeah I started back then and uh kind of just being part of the network and then helping out where I could and then in Istanbul um I got to go to Istanbul for one of the working weeks it was amazing (laughs) yeah uh yeah just got involved did some organizer workshop and yeah um I think it's a lot easier to get to those things when you present so uh, Mm -hmm. I was presenting a paper there um 
and yeah, since then, been trying to get this this um, volunteer program going again because it already existed before I got involved. Mm-hmm. So now I'm very heavily involved, um, and the yeah the volunteer community surveyor program is underneath that young surveyors network kind of yeah. umbrella. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Been, so what do they yeah. do with it? Like you you getting it up and going again, and they're getting surveyors to travel to different Ultimately, places to. Yeah. So so there was a pilot in 2017. Yep. And that original pilot was to um, deploy young surveyors across continents and across countries to mm-hmm. kind of experience a different place, but also help with the um, UN Habitat's global landfill network slash cadastres um, implementation program. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're in Nepal, um, East Africa, Senegal, and... I think that's it. There was a total of seven countries that mm-hmm. the young surveyors went to. Mm-hmm. There's 13 young surveyors deployed, and, and obviously back then there was no COVID, so no. that was conducive to sending people. Um, and now, uh, since the refresh and since I got involved, we still do the same. Um, obviously, we haven't been able to go across country with, yeah. with COVID. Yeah. So last year we deployed, oh, this year uh, in April, uh, we deployed seven young surveyors, uh, volunteer community surveyors, we call them, within mm-hmm. their own countries in Tanzania, Uganda, and Kenya. Mm-hmm. So um, that's to work with GLTN again and Cadastre with a C, it's the North American Cadastre, um, working with them and their partners to secure land rights through their existing implementation programs. So, yeah, so that's... Uh, really good chance for young surveyors to get their foot in the door of humanitarian surveying. Mm. Um, and we also have introduced a new sort of option uh, for people to volunteer online called e-volunteering. Okay. Um, yeah, so we partnered with, we, we helped SSSI with their um, Firewater Mapathon last year. And um, through Roshni's connections, um, mm-hmm. as well as Tom Tim Tom Kiddo's efforts, yeah. Um, and then we've also done another one with Crowd to Map. Uh, during the e-working week, we we met with um, Humanitarian Open Street Map and Crowd to Map, essentially trying to um, map buildings so that Crowd to Map could identify places where. Young women could run away for safekeeping um, from during yeah, what's called okay. the, yeah called the cutting season, which is something oh, I didn't know about before. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. So very uh, kind of gut wrenching um, yeah. that yeah. that still happens, but it's yeah something that we we thought that we could help with and um, yeah crowd to map and and us did a, a mapathon with them for twenty four hours with with some young surveyors mm. um yeah so we want to do more of that yeah um, well that's something that a lot of people can get involved in when it's online yes um you don't have to be traveling anywhere and and just taking yeah. the time out to do that sort of thing I mean it's amazing that that like you said that sort of stuff is still happening mm. we, we live in such a different society don't we that you oh, know, yeah. to, to some of these poor countries that are still dealing with that sort of stuff it's just yeah it's really been a wake-up call 
yeah mm. um but I think that as well we can sit there and feel hopeless or we can try and do something about it and I think surveyors don't realize that a lot of surveyors don't realize the ability we have to make a difference even from our lounge or desk um mm. so yeah trying to there's already a lot of um, mapathons that happen just trying to make make them more aware to, to the surveying industry that you know that's something we can help with mm. um yeah and we have you know wisdom workshops where we try to introduce young surveyors to the types of soft skills and um, challenges they'll come across being a volunteer community surveyor mm. um, which I'm sure there probably would be quite a few challenges in the in yeah. those sort of areas yeah, I talk, mm. talk like this, but I actually have never been. Um, I want to one day. <laughs> I hope to set this up and then kind of go away for a while and come back and do it. Um, but, yes, the conversations I've had with other volunteer surveyors is that um, often you'll go in wanting to do so much, but you can only do a little. Um, yeah. It takes a long time to get things done. Mm. Uh, the challenges are obviously language. Um and cultural norms and customs so yeah okay one of the big things that we try to um alert young surveyors to is that you're going to go into a situation where um just because you think something should be done one way doesn't mean that has to be done that way in trying to learn how to work with the local community to build something up from that they're proud of so that they're voting with mm. their feet so in a short um, two-day, sometimes one-day wisdom workshop, we try to kind of, you know, give stories from other volunteer from surveyors the, um, and from, you know, the humanitarian sector, um, land rights organisations, um, bring us all together into one room, mm. cyber room now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just changed so much, hasn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the new norm. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit sad. Um, mm. I mean, it, it's really important to do that, though, if you are sending someone into a, into a country that they really don't know much about and understanding yeah. the way it all works and mm. what they're actually going to be facing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mm. think, and we also, yeah, we try to encourage, um, we're just starting to get VCS mentors involved. So instead of having... Uh, our small volunteer team, you know, being that one person that the VCS mm -hmm. can contact, we have, we try to set them up with a mentor from, from the industry. Oh, nice. So there's a bit more like um, constant communication. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I'm hoping that's a good way for more seasoned surveyors to get involved. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I guess it's difficult in a way because, I mean, I don't know what it's like over there or in other countries I mean from stuff that I've read it seems quite similar that everybody is so busy in their normal work weeks these like everybody's just so busy yeah that trying to get somebody to take the time to do something like that is difficult yeah that's understandable yeah I think it's kind of trying to sell the value of um mentoring and trying to paint the bigger picture you know everyone's mm. always talking about oh surveying industry surveying profession is getting old the average age is 55 and um 
what does that actually mean? Well, it means that in you know 20 years' time, we won't have enough surveyors or we'll be even more busy mm. and won't be able to keep up. So mm-hmm. and all of the progress we've made as an industry, if we don't share that knowledge with the younger generation, then how do we keep progressing? So yeah, um, yeah. It's a, it's a tough one, and I can't say that I've got a lot of time myself either. So um, <laughs> just trying to find that balance of helping where you can and then um, also learning your own boundaries, I guess. Yeah. I, yeah. It, uh, I was going to say mostly larger companies, but there's still a few smaller companies that I noticed that, that see the value in you know, being a mentor or giving a bit of their time back to the associations or institutions mm. and stuff like that because they do see the importance of trying yeah. to trying to move forward and, and yeah. share that knowledge think, and get Savang out there. Mm, I think Roshni would be a good one to ask because her mentorship program through SSSI has gone skyrocketed. So, um, yeah, I'm part of that this year. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, yeah. I got, well, no, I, I won't say I got sucked into it. <laughs> <laughs> I had, You'll get sucked in in some way. <laughs> I had Ross Johnson message me. Uh, we're talking about something else and, and he's like, oh, are you doing the mentoring program? And I went, oh, I don't know. And he goes, yeah, you should do it. It's really good. Blah, blah, this, that, da, da, da. And I went, I've never really formally been mentored and I don't know that I've ever you know uh, uh, yeah I've never been a mentee or a mentor sort of thing and he goes oh well you know it's really worth it but you know see how you go you shouldn't do it and you know I'm sitting yeah. there it, it, a typical me you know busy lots of things to yeah. do but hey why not let's throw one more thing in there yeah keep saying <laughs> yes keep yeah, saying. yeah 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 <laughs> and I've really enjoyed it um nice yeah, you know, it's good that they've got a, a good structure to mm. it, but it's not, oh, how do I explain? Um, there's a structure of, you know, you've got to pick a certain amount of topics. You pick the topics between you and your mentee or your mentor, depending on, you know, which way you're going. And um, and just having a time frame to get it all done in, you know, roughly this, yeah. roughly that sort of thing. And, and meeting up with these people where you sort of, you know, I kind of think, oh, what have I got to offer? You've got so much you don't even know. Yeah, Yeah. but, you know, just having the conversations with these people and and realising that, you know, yeah, I do have 26 years behind me and I have learnt a little bit and being able to, to, to help guide someone and give them you know, the, the guidance to sort of say, well, look, you know, the, you've got this path or that path and you need to think about this or think about that. And mm. they're picking they're picking the topics that they want to learn about. And you sort of yeah. go, oh, really? So I have I have actually really enjoyed it. And, you know, I was, I was a bit concerned at first. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an hour out of, an hour out of, yeah, every, you know, couple of weeks to, to yeah. month to do it. So it's not much and you're making such a difference to somebody else. You really are. Like uh, my coach or mentor he's becoming is we only meet every six weeks and every little um, 
you know, it might seem like nothing to him, the piece of advice, but it completely changes my perspective and Mm -hmm. kind of takes you out of yourself and out of your own mind and makes you realize that there is a way and, and also to believe in yourself. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, and did you find that you're learning from your mentees as well? Anything? Oh yeah, definitely. Yep. Yep. It's definitely a two way street. Um, It's quite funny in the sense that he's, he's very structured and I'm the complete opposite <laughs> and I know that and I know things I need to work on but you know we have these conversations and it's like oh yeah I should maybe I could try that and, you know sort of thing. So I'm learning too I'm learning too nice yeah great he's, see there's another he's, benefit <laughs> yeah definitely you, you know you you always need to be challenging yourself and you always need to be learning no matter totally where agree. you are in your career, in your life sort of thing. That's yeah, how I yeah. see it. That's why I'm always yeah. trying to do different things and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. I always yeah. say I'm, I'm one of these people that knows a little bit about a lot but not much about, you know, one thing. So <laughs> take all these little bits and pieces. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah, it's really refreshing to hear. I think that a lot more people should probably think that about themselves um, professionally you know continually mm. developing and questioning your own um, you know questioning yourself as well yeah. being like actually I haven't done this in a while can you show me how you do it and kind of eating your ego yeah I say this but I'm not very good at it myself <laughs> but I know I should be <laughs> well now there's something that you can work on <laughs> yeah I will write that down yes write that one down <laughs> Uh, yeah it is hard for some people to do that I think yeah um, you know they they think they know it all and they don't need to be told anything and it's like yeah you know it doesn't hurt to listen to other people's opinions and Mm. assess situations and sometimes your way is not always the best way (laughs) yeah exactly yeah you can learn a lot from just asking people how they do something or what their perspective is I think yeah Mm. definitely okay so what are your biggest challenges at the moment um where you're at in your career do you think well just a nice simple question I think I throw them anything no you don't need to prepare (laughs) it's a conversation um okay one of the biggest challenges that I never thought I would face as a young surveyor was um, gender bias that okay. I never used to think would be an issue. Yeah. I think as a young surveyor, I kind of assimilated and I have had a lot of good friends um, growing up in this career. Um, but I think a lot of the time I was trying to be, you know, the typical example of a surveyor. Mm-hmm. Um now I'm learning more and more about equality and how, um, especially towards the senior management level, there's not a lot of role models for female mm-hmm. surveyors. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's a challenge that I'm giving myself as well as a challenge that I'm putting out to the industry that I'm yeah. um, jumping on board that bandwagon. And uh, it's, struggling, it's a struggle because... Yeah. Um, sometimes it feels like, you know, you're having to represent a whole gender. Um, 
but I think it's worthwhile and I think there's a good network of us female surveyors out there to support each other. I'm surprised uh, that they say yeah. that there's not as meant like there's not a lot of female surveyors, but I seem to be getting more and more in my contacts on LinkedIn and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, there's another survey. Oh, there's another female yeah. surveyor. So, you know, they're growing. Yeah, I think we are. And I think maybe we're getting more vocal, um, putting ourselves out there a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, LinkedIn helps with. And yeah, um, yeah I, I certainly think um, that those uh, diversity networks are really helpful mm-hmm. to join. Um, yeah, so that's one of the challenges that, mm. you know, I hadn't really thought about before talking with you, but <laughs> I have, it's been boiling in the back of my mind. Um, yeah. Now I've said it with you. Now I have to do it. Uh, <laughs> I, um, damn these yeah. podcasts. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I will do it. It's just, yeah. <laughs> um, and then what else? The challenge. Uh, I still struggle with imposter syndrome. I told myself this year it wasn't going to be. It wasn't going to be an imposter syndrome year. I'm just going to believe myself 100%. Um, so I'm still getting in my way. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. It's struggling with it too. Oh, always. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, and I think a lot of us, I won't say most, I, I, maybe most do struggle with it. Yeah. But I also I wonder so. on the other side, do, do the males struggle with it as well at times? I think I think that there's more than we expect that yeah. struggle with imposter syndrome. But um, yeah, personally, I find that uh, I question myself a lot more mm. than my partner questions himself. So yeah, based on a sample of two, yeah. the women in this relationship has more issues <laughs> with imposter syndrome. I don't know the stats around it, but I do I do read a bit about imposter syndrome, and I yeah. think it affects everyone. And I think it can be useful sometimes, but only in small quantities mm. yeah, to kind of drive you to upskill or ask that question. Yeah. Yeah. yeah do I you think? Suppose. Do you think that with the imposter syndrome, um, like what are what what would be the sorts of things that people could actually look at when they keep thinking, you know, I'm not really qualified enough or I'm not good enough like what Mm. how do they get around that how do you get around it wish I knew (laughs) (laughs) no I I recently did a course um about like trying to control your thoughts and and then therefore controlling your behaviors Mm -hmm. um and a lot of it is self-compassion practicing self-compassion like Mm -hmm talking to yourself like a friend would talk to you instead of talk to yourself negatively, which a lot of us do. Yep. Um, maybe looking for those role models, follow mm. them on Instagram or, um, yeah, find a some sort of tear-jerking inspirational TED talk. There's a few <laughs> out there. Um, <laughs> there's a good one on imposter syndrome, actually, that okay. um, talks about the benefits and the, and the costs of it. Yeah, right. I don't um I, I don't listen to a lot of well, I probably only listen to one or two TED talks. It's probably something I should look more into and Yeah, I'm the same. I don't listen to enough, but I, I'm getting into them more now. 
Mm. Um, yeah. Um, what else can you do? I guess. Yeah, I guess if it is something that you think you're not strong at, um, look at it whether whether it's realistic that you think that, or if yeah. it's not. And if it is realistic, then look for some resources to skill yourself up. Yeah. There's, there's so much out there these days that yeah. you know you you can you can go so many different ways to 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 do yourself help. Yeah. And do you want to pay and do a course? Do you want to do something online? Do you want to download it and read it yourself? There's so many mm. ways, I suppose, depending on what kind of person you are as to how yeah. how you learn, I guess, is the big thing. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot. There's a lot to learn from. There's so many online courses now. It's mm. overwhelming, actually. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I want to do that one and that one and that one. And I don't have any time. Um, but, yeah, there's yeah, there's definitely a lot of resources out there, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, joining joining those those groups, support networks, and um, getting involved in the conversation helps. Yeah. There's a lot more people that feel the same way than you think. So. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. People don't, they can't see the bigger picture that you're not the only one. Yeah. And there are people that are like that but have learnt and you could learn so much from them on how to, how to deal yeah. with it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's an ongoing battle. We'll keep trying. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I feel like there's some other challenges, but they're probably going to side, like, sideswipe me out of nowhere. That'll come. That's <laughs> usually, running at me. That's usually the way. Usually the way. Yeah. At right. the moment, it's trying to, like, figure out what's the next technical step for me. So I'm mm-hmm. studying to transfer my licence over, but I'm also looking at doing a master's that I also want to keep doing the volunteering. So I think another challenge will be not enough time. Yeah. <laughs> or saying yes too much. Mm. Yeah. So do you, what what are you looking at for master, your masters? What are you looking at? Uh, the actual title of it, I don't know, but I know that I want to get a postgraduate in land rights and land tenure. So that's yeah. very broad, but um yeah. You know, looking at international land rights and uh, clever ways to build sustainably, like develop sustainably, yeah. while mm. also respecting the um, the original owners of land, mm. yeah, or occupiers of land, depending on what the uh, system is and what country. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it is. It's very interesting, and it's a can of worms. There's so many oh, layers. Oh, I could it. imagine. Yeah, I could imagine. <laughs> okay, so thinking about all the things that you have to and want to do, are you an organised or a messy person? How do you? Ah, interesting question. I'm looking at my desk and I'm really glad you can't see it right now. Um, <laughs> Is it an well, organised mess? <laughs> I'd say it's a creative mess. Uh-huh. or a foodie mess depending on what you look at um, <laughs> no I I, uh, I think I split personality on that I uh-huh. like to be organized my work says I'm organized yep um and with the BCSP I'm mostly organized 
Yep. With my personal life, probably not so much. <laughs> I'm really, I'm, I'm that friend that's always late. So, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, my friends joke that, you know, they always build in a half hour buffer for me. So um, we had a friend that had an hour. Great. We had a friend that was oh, an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Respect, respect to your friend. Tell them they're not alone. <laughs> my, my youngest son is the same. It's yeah. like if we know that uh, we've got to leave at a certain time, we actually tell him about half an hour or so earlier so that he is actually ready at the time that yeah. we want to leave. It's a shocker. <laughs> That's wise. That's wise. Yeah. yeah so I think um, organised with my professional life, not so much yeah. with personal. <laughs> yeah. So how does that go with your time management then? <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's a good question. So I think about like uh, maybe when I left Becca, I had, a, I had a really good team leader at Becca, um, Vicky, shout out to Vicky. Mm-hmm. She taught me about, she gave me some tools around time management because yep. we identified that was clearly one of my weaknesses. <laughs> um, and I have worked very hard on that still a work in progress um but I live by my calendar now uh Mm. it's a bit sad sometimes you know when someone says oh do you want to go do something I'm like oh I'm just gonna check my calendar um but yeah that and respecting my trying to value my time kind of segregate it a little bit um yeah when I left when I went to Calibur I I started with the ethos that I was going to work 40 hours a week and that was that um obviously that slips when it needs to but if yeah. I started out like that then personally I'm like okay that's all the hours I have in a day for work so yeah I became more efficient I think yeah um and then work also kind of respected that um and then yeah I have what other skills have I learned learned um about micro pauses the benefit of micro pauses oh, okay and just having breaks um, but micro pauses are like when you're in the middle of a task um don't take a full break but every 20 minutes have like a 20 second break with you rest your eyes or your stretch or whatever and okay. you do that do that three times and then you have a bit of a longer break um and actually you're more productive yeah. your mind has a bit of time to rest and sometimes mm-hmm. i find i solve a problem in those breaks yeah that I can't fix oh, while looking. It's where I'm going wrong. <laughs> I stare, <laughs> stare at my computer constantly. <laughs> uh, well, I still do that too, but as I said, everything's a work in progress. Yeah, I think it, yeah. it always will be, won't it? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we were saying, though. Got to keep growing. Yes. Yeah. So that's, uh, I've come a long way, very proud to say, on my time management. Clearly, mm. it didn't work today because I was late for this. No so apologies. <laughs> oh we all slip now and then (laughs) 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 you totally could have called me up for that you could have let it slide no that's not who I am (laughs) (laughs) no I wouldn't do that all right who's had the biggest impact on your career (sighs) and you can have more than one because there's usually okay. more than one. <laughs> oh, man, some weird ones are coming up in my brain. Um, I think initially probably mum because she pointed me in this direction. Yeah. 
been dead because he told me he used to do surveying for a bit. Oh, really? Um, That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, just a very small stint. Uh, and then um, in terms of my professional life, uh, I have, what, what do you call, like a professional crush on uh, old surveyor in New Zealand, um, Bill Robertson. Okay. He is a land tenure consultant. He's uh-huh. who I want to be when I grow up. Yep. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's done all sorts around international boundaries and working with um, young surveyors to try and upskill mm. um, and as sharp as a tack, um, just, yeah, really inspiring. Um, and in terms of my, like, leadership side of things, maybe, yeah, my coach, my mentor, Mark, in New Zealand, yeah, he's um, been invaluable to kind of guiding mm. me and getting me to believe in myself, mm. so. How, how did you end up in that mentor situation? Did you approach? Is he from I think someone I approached that you? Him. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't a, like a cold call, um, <laughs> which I have tried in the past and it does not work, and I cringe thinking about it. <laughs> but um, no, he he was a friend's boss, uh, and we worked a fair bit together through FIG. Volunteered mm-hmm. a bit together, right? Um, and then he became my coach, and now I'm just labeling him my mentor. I don't know if yep. he knows that. Um, <laughs> well, he does now if he listens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But and then shout out to Mark. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Mark. He's yeah, very much a strong communicator and a big believer in young surveyors. So mm. he's been a great, um, great guide for me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I had a question and I've lost it. So. Oh, can I add to that, actually? Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling like I should probably balance this out. I gave Vicky a shout out earlier. But yeah, she was my team leader and um, really believed in, um, you know, two-way feedback and, and gave me those time management tools to start. Yeah. With, so. Yeah. 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 And there's always, there's always people who may have played just a small part but it's made a big difference. Yeah. Moving forward, sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now I'm thinking of so many more. Yeah, no, you could go on. Them, not, but... not. <laughs> Thank you to everybody <laughs> that's had a part yeah. of my career. <laughs> yeah. Derek, <laughs> Brent. There's a lot of male names in there. That's a concern. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it is for 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 most of us. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's know, not a bad thing. No, it's not. You're muted. There you go. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, you get these ghost calls from Ontario all the time, and they're ah. usually. Oh sorry yes. Okay. Um. Yeah. What I was going to ask earlier was, um, when you were talking about the mentee having the mentor and all that sort of stuff, um. And talking about Bill having an impact on your career and that's who you want to be growing up. I've said this and I've heard other people say it as well that, you know, surveying is such a big and diverse career to be in that Mm -hmm. when you start talking to people and you work out sort of where you want to go, 
is to find Mm. those people on social media and follow them and see what they're doing and how they're Mm. doing it and make those connections and, and ask questions about what they did and how they got to where they are because that's that's your interest in where you want to be in x amount of years yeah now that I reflect on that though like none of those people I met through social media so I was very lucky that in New Zealand we have quite a a tight-knit industry which can work in your favor or not um worked in my favor I got a lot of face-to-face opportunities through conferences because you know I volunteered my time and yeah committed to to those sorts of initiatives but um yeah I think developing that relationship first is is the way to go mm. if you're looking for a mentor um yeah. but yeah certainly don't if call, you want call. to look yeah don't call call <laughs> <laughs> oh I hope I see that guy again one day to apologize <laughs> he was like he pretty much said no in a nice way um you've got to work hard basically so anyway um yeah I think I say social media but when COVID gets out of the way you know attending those those Mm. industry events is Mm -hmm. um probably the best way to do it if it's locally or if it's through FIG or whatever Um, and to attend them you don't just you have to work for it yeah um yeah so yeah if you if you invest in yourself you can get others to invest in you which is yeah yeah and that's one of the things I sort of mentioned to my mentee was that you know he was struggled with the more the communication side of it and how do you make contacts and all that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. and you know the in areas that you're interested in and all that sort of stuff and it was like well you need to start putting yourself out there you need to go to these mm-hmm. conferences what's the conference about who do you know that's going um yeah do a little bit of research and and actually introduce yourself to somebody who you think you know you would like to to know um yeah. if they have something that they've been doing that interests you and actually start that conversation and say how you're really interested in what they've been doing. And I said, yeah. you know, that, that's how it all starts, is that simple yeah. conversation, which is hard at the yeah. moment. It's so hard at the moment. Yeah, it's very easy for us to say, not growing up in the COVID pandemic. I know. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think. But even then, like, if you attend webinars, um, ask a question during the webinar and then yeah. your name might stick out. Or yeah. connect with the person who was speaking and actually ask questions and then follow up with the LinkedIn invite. Say, hey, I'd love to carry on that conversation. Mm. Um, maybe not seeking them as a mentor, but just genuinely interested no. in the yeah. same thing. Yeah, it's one way to do it in this new normal. Mm, I know. It's normal, isn't it? <laughs> You're not so normal. <laughs> You're not so normal. <laughs> Uh, as in your position and working your way through to where you are now, what what would be the best work advice that you have been given or that you would give someone else? I'm, I'm just going to say the first thing that comes to mind. Um, this was one of my first bosses. He said, 
before you come and ask for help, try and find a solution. Try and find another solution. If you can't find a solution, then come and tell me what solutions you've tried mm-hmm. and then we'll, we'll work it out. Instead of trying, uh, not trying, just coming up across a brick wall yeah. Yeah. Um, and then running to find help, try try find a way around it because that's the way you learn. Um, mm-hmm. If you try a way around it and it's, it fails, then that's, again, another way to learn. So, yeah, I think that's one of the best pieces of advice I might have had. I always believe that uh, to to try and fail, you're still learning. It's not. Yeah. It's not a failure. Um, yeah, exactly. I think failing forward. Actually, that's from Roshni. God, she's talking uh, about failing forward. <laughs> um, it's the yeah, it's the way to go. You know, don't be afraid to fail because that's where you like leap and bounds grow. So yeah, yeah, definitely. What motivates you? What motivates me? Mm. I'm looking outside, I think. Um, Injustice. (laughs) Such a big word. But seeing seeing the the bully majority win, whether it's, you know, climate change or inequality or whatever, that's what really gets me going. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, sometimes if I'm not feeling the motivation to do my volunteering work or, you know, um, yeah, mostly the volunteering work, I think, why am I doing this? You know, yeah, there are people out there that don't have the simple pleasures that I have. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's very emotively. And I've never thought about that before. Is yeah, injustice. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. All right. So you've travelled a little bit. What are the sort of places that you've been? Is it just New Zealand, Canada sort of thing or you've been um, able to? I've, I've been able to travel a bit. My family, um, my parents did their OE later in life and took my sister and I to London. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. England. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lived in a little place called Clacton-on-Sea. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Lovely. My parents joke that they brought us back because I was turning into a six girl too young. So, <laughs> uh, and oh, that's funny. I, yeah, um, and then I have been to Australia. Of course, mm-hmm. I've been to Brisbane. My sister lives there. Um, mm-hmm. Been to Sydney, and I've been to Melbourne. Been to Perth. Um, my cousins live in Perth and Bangkok, Cambodia. Vietnam, Turkey, uh, and Santorini, the Greek islands. Oh, nice. That's it. Yeah, I've, I'm very – oh, and Hawaii on the way to Canada. That would have been very, a nice Very, lucky. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So out of those, what's the most unusual place that you've been to out of all of them? Uh, landscape-wise, probably Cappadocia in Turkey, which is oh. – um, I want to say limestone formations, probably the wrong term. Yeah. The geologist would boot me. But <laughs> yeah, it's like old cathedral type things, which um, old priests you, used to live in. Okay. Uh, and then you go in an air balloon and you, you float around looking at it. It's, it's stunning. Oh, wow. Um, and then the, in terms of like the most culture shock, I guess, was Cambodia. That's the first mm-hmm. time I really learned about corruption and learned about. Um, 
how happy you can be even if you don't have a lot. So yeah, very different to, to Turkey, but yeah. Mm. What, uh, how do you, how do you relax? <laughs> I feel like you're like the next question you're like planning. Hmm, how can I trip her up? <laughs> Trying to trip you up. <laughs> I'm not. I'm kidding. I know you're not. Um, uh, I need to relax to think about how I relax. Um, uh, I think I'm learning more that it's exercise. Like I need to yeah. go out and run or bike or walk, um, mm -hmm. especially if it's in the forest somewhere. Yeah. Um, that's probably more how I recharge. To relax, I wish I was cool enough to say I meditate. Um, I want to meditate, but I don't. <laughs> I, um, it makes two, makes two of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it's, I'm really it's, a honest, nice, it's a nice thought. <laughs> yeah. Every, like, few months I do it, and I'm like, I should do this more often. Um, I probably binge Netflix like most people yeah. do. Yeah. So, or at least I try to just have one episode, you know, and then... Try and reboot myself. Who can do one episode? <laughs> <laughs> That's not really binging, is it? No, no, no. If I, no. yeah, if I was more self-controlled, it would be having a cup of tea and listening to some classical music mm. from an old soul. <laughs> and then you could go and practice on your piano. <laughs> yes, exactly. Listen to the classical music that I should be playing. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, um, so you moved over to Canada with your partner. Mm -hmm. Where did you meet him? Uh, we met at Otago Uni first year, okay. mm -hmm. but we were not together until I moved to Wellington. So ah. eight years later. Yeah, yeah right. We were friends for a long time. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So you get to do nice. much... Yeah. Yeah, do you get to do much like you're talking about hiking and stuff and it's such a beautiful spot over over there where you are. Do you get to do much hiking over there? Not as much as I'd like. I need to make more time for it. Um, mm. We have done some amazing ones. Like when we first moved here, we went to the Rockies and went to Banff and Lake Louise, which are those oh, stunning yeah. blue lakes. Yeah, um, beautiful. Yeah, we went up to Garibaldi with some friends this year and I camped overnight which I hadn't done before while mm -hmm. tramping uh which was stunning um like picture postcard scenery didn't see any bears but kind of a good thank, thing because I think thank god <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um and yeah we've, got, we've done a bit there's still more places that we need to tick off for mm. sure mm. being in Canada I mean like you're so close to the border of America do you go down into not yet um we hadn't done it before the pandemic and then obviously it's closed yeah. off since then yeah of course we almost went in October but we we cancelled because the testing arrangements were too complicated and uh, yeah so we'll just try and be patient yeah but yeah we, well, we once it all there. opens up will you do a bit more yeah entering? yeah we want to go to the the national parks and Tom wants to go mm. see some American football um and yeah there's great you know breweries and concerts to go to and mm. all sorts yeah we have we we do need to go and that's half the reason we came 
yeah. came here is to to see the place. So yeah, yeah, yeah. One day soon. <laughs> It'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, give me three words that would describe you. <laughs> oh my gosh! As she nearly I'm spits her really cheesy ones. Um, I would say. Oh, positive. Mm-hmm. Um, empathetic. Yep. And driven. Mm. That's not bad. No, it feels really um self-promoting. I should own it. <laughs> own it. Yes. So it's all about. Mm. All right. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Oh, I feel like I've answered this one before, but it also changes. When I was little, I really wanted to fly, to be able to fly. I mm. remember having, I can still remember the dream. I think I must have been around nine and I dreamt that I could fly. It was the best feeling ever. So I'd like to be able to fly. Freedom. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you, would you rather have a get out of jail card? Or a key that opens any door? Oh. Oh, I think. I don't think I'm curious enough to have the key. I think I'd go for the get out of jail card. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that means I'm more likely to go into jail. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's funny how people answer that question because the, the, the way they answer it, they look at different everybody looks at the question in a different way yeah. as to why they come up with their their answer and like you're not curious enough for a key but other people go well I'll take the key because if I end up in jail I can use the key to get out oh <laughs> I should have thought of that Smart I never people. thought of that either I just thought I'd just <laughs> take the key and get me everywhere but uh, not to get out of the jail oh, <laughs> and then some people enough. go oh I'd never go to jail so I'll take the key <laughs> Uh, true colors come out yes yes it's funny I love it (laughs) (laughs) and I think this is one of my favorite ones because it really tells me a lot about the person if you see a puddle on the ground do you walk around it jump over it or jump in it oh that's a great one if I have the appropriate shoes on I'll jump in it um or if I've had a couple beers I'll probably jump in it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but if I'm wearing, you know, non-waterproof shoes, I'll probably go around it yeah. sensibly. <laughs> or maybe just on the outskirts to be a little bit naughty. So there's, yeah, so there's just that little bit of rebel in there somewhere. Just a little bit of rebel. <laughs> oh, I just jump in it every time. Yeah, great fun. <laughs> Although one, is it one person said to me, oh, I've actually had that in real life where the guy jumped in the puddle and it was that deep. <laughs> Oh no! I went. Okay, no, we're talking just about a shallow, a shallow puddle here. A shallow puddle. Please specify puddle depth. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, what's Sorry, an advice that you would give your younger self? Oh, um, stop caring what other people think. Yeah. Mhm. That's a hard. I think one. I'll stick with that. Yeah, mm. it's a hard one to. Mm. 
I actually think I should write myself a letter. My cousin did this and she showed it to oh. me later on. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, then you so she wrote a letter to her younger self? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think she shared it with me. Just charging my phone, sorry. Just, yeah. Yeah. That's, um, um, that's a real yeah, thought-provoking thing to do. Mm. Yeah. I think it's a lot easier said than done. Ah, uh, sure yeah. Many of people yeah. have told me the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, I'm going to ask this question, but I don't know whether I don't know whether you're doing it or not right now. <laughs> okay. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, that is a trick question because I am kind of doing that, but then the grass is always greener. Yes. Um. We have toyed with Montreal, okay. which is on the east side of Canada. Yeah. Very French influence. Yes. Um, yeah. Maybe like somewhere random from the Shetland Islands. Where's that? My, <laughs> it's north of Scotland. It's ah. where my ancestors are from. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I've never cold. actually been. But Wet and cold. Yeah. And windy. <laughs> yeah, like windy, Short yeah. Island kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's one item that you could never live without? Mm, toss up between food or my phone. If I'm <laughs> isn't, I really isn't don't. It, isn't it sad that you go phone? <laughs> I know I'm being honest here like I want to be much more altruistic but mm. I do use my phone for a lot Don't especially with the VCSP just trying to stay on top of everything so mm. yeah um what's a more nice one <laughs> not out. um an object or anything anything my legs <laughs> it keeps getting late on a Friday um no but like then I wouldn't be able to walk anyway what's what's in that cup that you're drinking from <laughs> it's actually just tea sadly enough but it is five o'clock on a Friday so maybe I need to remedy that yes yes oh <laughs> uh, what would you do if you didn't have to work tomorrow um uh, right now, I'd study or volunteer. Mm -hmm. um, but if I didn't have those responsibilities, I would go to Portland for the day. Oh, yeah, for the day. <laughs> and see if there's, yeah. Well, if it's just one day, if it's for like a long time, fly back to New Zealand, see my family. Mm. That'd be tough at the moment. Um, yeah. Not being able to do do that. Yeah, I think having video calls is helpful, but mm. yeah, I've got a niece and nephew who are growing up too fast that I want to see. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll get back. Well, hopefully it won't be too long. Yeah. Mm. At a party, where would someone find you? On the dance floor. Ooh. Party animal. Easy one. 
<laughs> on a in a puddle on the dunder. <laughs> What's your best feature? Physically? Or yeah. personality wise? Um maybe my ability to talk with anyone. Mm. Yeah. That's not a bad that's not a bad trait to have. I I'd have to work sometimes on that, but yeah, <laughs> I think it's generally some people just can't do it at all. So Yeah. Mm. This is really cute. Tom's gonna kill me for saying it, but he calls me his polar bear because I break the ice. Ah oh! <laughs> <laughs> you cute. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna kill me. Ah, why <laughs> nice um what makes you smile oh this conversation you see the big grin on my face yes well you can hear <laughs> it too I think oh good yeah <laughs> um what makes me smile I think people being their 100% true passionate selves yeah seeing nice. seeing someone fulfilling what they're meant to do it's like yeah. the best mm. whether yeah, it's that's... a musician or a surveyor or an artist you know just yeah love seeing that mm. nice all right would you make the same choices again if you had a do-over <laughs> ah um I think there's some things that I would change, mm-hmm. but not really. No, I don't have any massive regrets. Um, no. I think actually there's one. I wish I did honours at university because ah. now it's much harder to do a postgrad. Okay. So a little bit of advice to anyone doing undergrad. You may think you don't want to go back to uni, but one day you might change your mind. So. Yeah, mm. kind of putting in that extra effort just mm. to open up your opportunities. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so are you happy that you decided to go into surveying? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. I think the older I get, the more I find it challenging. But I, yeah, I love that I can go out in the field and the same day that I did the calcs for finding some old treasure and mm-hmm. then talk to some people in the field and teach them surveying. And, you know, some of those days where you get to do everything. Those yeah. are my favourite days. Yeah. Um, I recently went to a place called Prince Rupert, which is up north. Um, first time I've been on a plane in two years. Very exciting. Mm, nice. <laughs> uh, and um, it was just like the most beautiful green, lush west coast and friendly locals and um yeah I mean you get to see places that you'd never get to see in other industries so yeah I think that's something that makes me happy to be in this industry yeah I think you're at a really good spot in your career where you still get to do the field but you still have that bit of office and management leadership sort of thing going on you've got the best of both worlds at the moment and yeah, it's, quite, it's shifting. Quite often, but, yeah, it's quite often I yeah. speak to surveyors and you say, you know, why'd you get into surveying? They go, oh, to be in the outdoors. And it's like, and yeah. now I'm in an office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you can see that glint in their eye when they get to go out, right? 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 I had one uh, a colleague, and he was like, you know, has company, all this sort of stuff, and they got that busy that he had to go out in the field, and he was just like, it's like riding a bike, and it's so good. Yeah. I'm enjoying this. This is awesome. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is sad, but it's true. Yeah, the more mm. senior you get. I was like that in New Zealand. I didn't go out a lot and then moved here and I joked that I never wanted to do another topo survey. And now <laughs> all I do is topo surveys, but I'm like, well, I'm still out in the wilderness and at any moment a bear could come around the corner. <laughs> uh, have you had to have bear training or anything? What do you? No, that surprised me. Before mm. I moved, I spoke to a guy who worked here who got bear training. And mm. kind of taught me some skills around <laughs> if it's a grizzly bear and it's kind of coyly coming over to you, you're supposed to play dead. Oh. Um, <laughs> and if, if not, if it's coming aggressively towards you, you make yourself as big as possible. Don't take this as official advice. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I had no training. I think one time last year I went on to the island, Vancouver Island, and thought, oh, there might be bears, so let's take some bear spray. And then I was like, okay, so what else? Because I've never had to work in the bush with bears before. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's a lot more relaxed here than, than you'd think around, especially because a lot of the bears you come across are black bears, and they usually don't want to harm you unless there's cubs around, so yeah 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 you just make yourself as big as possible and be as loud as as possible basically mm. yeah okay yeah so it's the brown bears you've got to worry about the grizzly bears yeah mm. they uh i haven't seen them which i kind of want to but from afar yeah <laughs> and the moose apparently moose are really aggressive oh really yeah so okay. yeah and in canada yeah. you you haven't seen any of them yet no no i haven't seen a moose Hmm. it's on my list gonna go it's like you know people coming to australia expect to see uh kangaroos and koalas you know just in in the street walking around the street yeah yeah yeah. you haven't seen a bear or a brown bear or a moose yet (laughs) are they everywhere (laughs) yeah we go looking for them go on a bear hunt (laughs) oh funny well that's that's the hard-hitting questions. Uh-huh. We'll do Phew. some quick shots. Okay. No hot, cold, and we'll see what comes out of those. Okay. Your coffee. Is it hot or cold? No, oh, tea you choose or coffee. Tea or coffee. Okay. I overthought it. Um, <laughs> coffee. Coffee. Cat or dog? Dog. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Mm. Summer or winter? Oh, summer. Roller coasters, do you love or hate them? Love. Mm. But not the, the giant drop. <laughs> the hard no from me. <laughs> hard no, I like that. Yeah, that's a bit, that, yeah, it's a bit of a gut wrencher, that one, isn't it? That's where I learned that I have a fear of falling. Not a fear of roller coasters or heights, just falling. Oh, heights, just falling. Okay. Yeah. Three items you'd take to a desert island. Oh, um, I would take some sort of intense old book that I've been meaning to read mm. but never did. I would take some sort of 
I'm just assuming I'm not going to get myself off the island or I'm settling in. Um, you might be, yeah. I'd take a... Uh, a language book, teach yourself a language. And then Ooh, I take, okay. yeah, I'm actually going more on the theme of Desert Island Discs. Have you ever listened to them? No. The BBC? Oh, no. man, it's so good. Okay. Basically, they interview stars and they've done it for 70 years. They'd say, well, what music would you take to the island? Yeah, right. Um, oh, I have to think yeah. about that one. <laughs> um, and... Oh, I should probably take something responsible. Maybe I'll take a compass because I might actually be quite disoriented to ah. start with. <laughs> and I really struggle when I don't know where north is. Like, I can't focus if I don't know where north is. So <laughs> I'd start with that. I want to say I know how to do it with the stars, but you never know. Ooh, I might not know yeah, what salmon. So. That would be, yes, true, true. Mm. <laughs> you an introvert or an extrovert? I'm both. Mm-hmm. I think I'm more introverted than people think I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, favorite song or artist? At the moment, it's um, Lovely Day by Bill Withers. Mm. Favorite like, movie? Oh. It's a tricky one. I've been craving to rewatch Bend It Like Beckham recently. Oh. I was going to go with that. <laughs> That's a good movie. Soccer Girls. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Favourite book? Um, I used to say this, and I have, a, I have to reread it, but The Prophet. Really oh, good okay. one. Right. It's kind of a bit preachy, but not really. Just an interesting, interesting small book. Yeah. Is your glass half full or half empty? Half full. Nice. <laughs> One thing you'd never do again. Oh, squash. <laughs> I, sh- I, sh- I, t- I can't play squash. I, I like to give everything a go once and <clears throat> I find it too, <laughs> too overwhelming. I play tennis, that's, there's more space. Yes, there is more space, definitely. I used to play squash all the time. So some people are probably going, what's squash? (laughs) For those that don't know, it's a little room with a a box where you hit a tiny little rubber ball against a wall. (laughs) Oh, not at each other, sorry. (laughs) Sometimes you do hit it at the other person and, oh, it hurts. Yes. (laughs) If you had a warning label, what would it be? We'll be late. Mm. <laughs> Who knows you best? Um, or probably my sister Hannah. Mm-hmm. Like she's like my twin. Yeah, Tom probably second. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite subject in school? Um. English, mm-hmm. creative writing in particular. Yeah, okay. Favourite childhood memory? Um, anything in Stewart Island. We went there a lot growing up. My nanny mm-hmm. was living there. So. Nice. Favourite food? Popcorn. Ooh, 
that's a first. <laughs> Popcorn monster over here. <laughs> Favorite drink? Um, coffee mm-hmm. has become a bit of an addiction. <laughs> yeah, know what you mean there. Pet peeve. <laughs> oh, um, people not taking initiative. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> What's your biggest fear? Um. Oh, I'm terrified of moths. Really? Terrified of moths. Uh-huh. So my biggest unreasonable fear is a moth flying into my ear. <laughs> and I'm blaming my cousin for this. <laughs> Telling me at a young age they'll eat my brains. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Bloody kids. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Win the lottery or have the perfect job? Oh, probably the perfect job. Yeah. Do what I love every day. Mm-hmm. I think money would just overwhelm me and cause issues. So. Fair enough. Favourite sport? Oh, to play? Soccer. Or oh, volleyball. Mm. Hard one. Okay. Are you a morning or a night person? I am a night person who wants to be a morning person. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Proudest moment? Um, getting an award in front of my parents and my partner. Mm. Nice. Yeah. On a scale of one to ten, how cool are you? <laughs> <laughs> Makes everyone laugh. <laughs> okay, my definition of cool is two part. One is cool like the cool kids at school, on yep. which case I'd be a two. Yep. Um, but cool now to me is like someone who is them true selves and has their own style and is like someone you want to know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably a seven. I want to be much higher, but I'm I'm getting there. Seven's not bad when you're looking at that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dream car. Pardon? Dream car. Oh, um, something that is electric but powerful oh. <laughs> and can go forward driving in. Oh, nice. So I you don't want really. To... Yeah. <clears throat> A four-wheel drive Tesla then. <laughs> yeah. I don't really, I've never been a, excited about cars, but mm. yeah, something that gets me from A to B, but yes. also allows me to go from X to Y. And nice. nice. Sustainable. Yeah. Favourite colour? Blue. Are you Apple or Android? Android. Ah. <laughs> and what star sign are you? I'm Pisces. Pisces. The two fish. Mm. Yeah. You're my second one in oh, really? a few days. Yes. Do we seem similar? Yes, actually you do. Huh. Interesting. In, in ways, yes. Yes. Huh. Yeah. That's I cool. find it interesting to see 
see what star signs and if it actually yeah. makes up. Sometimes I can guess it if I'm yeah. thinking about it. But yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's it for me. Oh, wow. That was oh. fun. Thank you so oh, much for joining me today. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> It was great. I think, I, I think most people I speak to end up with a smile on their face at the end. So it's good. It's a good it sign you're it, on the right track. Makes it all worth it. <laughs> great. <laughs> Before we go, is there anything, uh, any charities or any causes that you would like to uh, put out there for people? Of course. Yeah, of course. Go ahead. That's the one I volunteer on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Volunteer Community Surveyor Program. So mm-hmm. we are connecting young surveyors with opportunities to volunteer their time and skills with humanitarian causes, particularly land rights and environmental. Um, We are on the FIG.net website, Mm FIG.net forward slash VCSP. We're on Facebook through FIG Young Surveyors Network on Twitter and we're on Instagram. No, we're not on Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Um, Nice. And yeah, our website will be updated soon but at the moment you can go in and sign up to our mailing list and find out how to donate through there nice i'll put that link in our show notes awesome thank you so much all right and ham where can people find you they can find me on linkedin um cl buxton i think just look for claire louise buxton on Mm -hmm. um, facebook and linkedin and um yeah get in touch if you want yeah Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you and meeting you. Thank you, Peter. It's been an absolute pleasure too. I hope you enjoyed today's chat with Claire. Make sure you like, subscribe and leave a review on my channels. Catch you in a fortnight when I speak to Richard Cullen, Director and Hydrographic Surveyor at Hydrographic and Cadastral Survey in Wollongong. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox.